Have you ever felt hopeless? Or that your life was beyond your control? Have you had to deal with emotions surrounding those feelings and wondered if things would ever be different? Do you want to know how to overcome traumas in your life that sometimes can feel overwhelming and also to realize who and what you were created to become? My guest today, Kimberly Bell, is going to answer these questions and share her story that I know you will love to hear. She will be encouraging for you and also motivating, so stay tuned. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. So let's start from the beginning. Some of the things that you have endured are in various areas of abuse, physical, mental, emotional, and sexual. So tell us your story. So you're absolutely right. Um, there was physical abuse where um, <clears throat> from a very small age, from all I remember was this disconnection from love from my biological mother where um, she was just very rough with me, very um, not polite, not pleasant. Um, there were um, just a, a very different embrace or touch than my biological sister who was there with me up until five. And she's two years older than me and my biological father. So um, I experienced and that with the physical and I just never understood why, why when it came to me that Aww. she was not very affectionate and the affection that I was shown was quite different from my biological father and my sister. And then, you know, as you said, mentally, um, there was the, um, the disconnection when I yearned for her to um, just validate me, just let, let me know that I, 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 you know, she cared that I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm her child and she loved me or, you know, said it. Right. The emotional um, was, you know, uh, also down the line, down, down in my life with the um, getting through the rejection and abandonment. Um, uh, I was separated from them, from both of them. My dad dropped me off to my paternal mother. Um, so I stayed with them. Uh, with my biological mother and father and my older sister up until I was five. So the emotional was uh, very, very hard to, mm -hmm. to go through. 
as a young child, oh my goodness, and I'm sure you will address this during this interview, the emotional scars have to heal as well as the pain and the rejection and all those things. Why don't you address that a little bit? Like way back, you know, in those days, because there are so many children who are going through very similar things now, you know, how you were coping with it, even at that young age. Best way I can tell you of me personally that I was coping with it was with my um, adopted parents. They were doing their best, even though they wasn't trained and educated back in that, that era, um, in the seventies, I'm a seventies baby, they, um, found it, uh, they formed a foundation of, um, spirituality of, uh, prayer of God, um, of scriptures. And that really, um, you know, changed and, and helped me coping. Um, and they modeled it. It wasn't that they, um, they lived it, but, you know, well, they said it and they taught me, but they also modeled um, teamwork. They modeled affection. They they modeled mm. um, where I did never hear them have a chaotic argument from what I had came from. Um, yeah, they disagreed. It wasn't a perfect, you know, marriage, but it wasn't um, chaotic. It wasn't cursing. It wasn't hollering. It wasn't, you know, physical um um, physical abuse that I seen that I had seen between my biological mother and father. So it was quite different, but they modeled it. They modeled it. And they also started the foundation of um, teaching me and modeling the love of Christ. Now, were you aware of the people who became your adoptive parents or was this um, just a shock to you? How did that transpire? I was aware um, that they were they, uh, she was a relative, but I had never stayed overnight with them that I knew of until that very, that one night that um, I was around five and my um, biological father and mother got in a really bad physical altercation. It was one of the traumatic experiences of my life. Not that I had never seen that happen before, but this was one of the worst that we, we noticed my sister and I was with them. And, um, she, uh, he was driving and he took, um, all of us over to my grandparents' house, which is her mother and father. And, um, they were still arguing and he, um, with the exchange of words ended up taking me out of, you know, everyone else to my, aunt, which is his sister. So that was my paternal aunt, which is his um, sister, home to her and her husband. And he, you know, said that he would, you know, he was quite upset. Like I said, all this transpired with this big falling out, this big argument. He was quite upset. And we never said a word um, riding, I remember, but I remember him saying, when he dropped me off and just before he's leaving, I'm looking at him wondering, you know, what's going to happen. And he said, I'll be back. But I ended up, that was, that was where I stayed. That's so interesting. And, and did you feel safe there? Yes and no. <laughs> it was more confusing. Right. Okay. Um, but it was um, something just was wired within, you know, how they say, Children are very resilient, resilient, and right. um, 
you know, it was just something within, even with being in a room, they showed me the room. It was a very nice made up room. Um, I knew, I remember I was afraid to tell them not to cut off the light that I was afraid of the dark, but, um, I remember just feeling like even with the confusion, I was going to be okay. Some kind of way there was something within my spirit. And I just believe it was just God reassuring me at that time being little that I, you know, I was going to be okay. Did you have to come to a place or was it automatic that you forgave them for doing this? I believe I could just answer it. It was a process. Not so much of forgiving for letting go and accepting that this has happened and it wasn't my fault. Before we go any further in your story, is there anything that you could share possibly with someone who has gone through what you went through as a child and, you know, to encourage them, they too can become successful and move forward from that pain? It was years of me feeling responsible for the actions that these um, individuals took. And I would first say Uh that that would be one thing that I would really um, encourage and suggest that people would um, understand it it wasn't it's not your responsibility of how another individual treats you or behave or take action if. Um, your actions and your behaviors is the only thing that you're responsible for. So that will lift a lot of guilt and shame and burden. And then the next thing would be that um, once I took clear of the responsibility of things that had happened from other people, I had to also accept that those things that happened, um, I um, freed myself because Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't um, accept them years ago. I just felt like, okay, yeah, it happened and it wasn't that bad until I really freed myself and said, some of these experiences was very horrible, was very sad, was very much wrong. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Not trying to yes. put a right yes. into the wrong. <laughs> and then... And then on top of that, Carol, I had to accept, strangely, that it wasn't normal. It oh, wasn't that's a good a point. Normal yes. foundation or a normal beginning, and that really released me. Good. Yes, I think so that's a I, really good yes. point, and I think that's maybe where people then try to think, you know, what could I have done? Mm-hmm. What you're saying is probably nothing. Nothing. Yes. Because it happened right. to them. Yes. And you have to, when you realize that and that you were a victim, but you didn't stay there. Right. And that is the bottom line. Now, right. you also experienced PTSD. Were you diagnosed? And uh, share a little bit about that and how you coped with that. That in the 70s, I was actually misdiagnosed from PTSD to mild retardation. I really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Explain that. As my adopted mom said, she she would say these two words. I was timid and frail. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, I was very uh, withdrawn. Um, you know, shocked, uh, and academically, I could not retain information. I just mm. you could it, uh, uh, a book uh, called Izzy I read for six years. Um, 
I could get to a certain number and then the very next day I couldn't get back to that that number. And so the testing back then had um they had academically they said that I was you know mild I went on the bracket of mild retardation that I would never read or write effectively. Oh my and word. So what was really going on was mentally that uh, that traumatic fight that left me separated from my sister and from my biological mother, whom I did not want to leave, no matter what, how she was treating me. She was all I knew. Right. I just couldn't understand why she didn't love me back. And then my father, who said that he would come back and get me and never did. And when he did show up. It was as if he's building the relationship with my, my aunt, my, you know, my biological aunt, his sister, and keeping her abreast about his life and their continuing okay. marriage. Right, right. It, yeah, yeah. So wasn't that, about you at any point. Exactly. In other words. It, it, it was almost like, did he get amnesia that I was his child? And so... Um, I'm going through a mental breakdown of really where where do I fit in in this equation? But I was never diagnosed, but it was definitely PTSD. Now, you made a statement on your website that I'm going to read, and then maybe you could uh, expound a little bit on it. And that said, I had to find self-love and acceptance yes. within in order to heal from my trauma. It is about accepting and embracing that which is beyond our control because we still have a long road ahead and so much more to look forward to. That addresses your <laughs> attitude, right? So just expound yes. a little bit on that. I had to go through the process, really accept me of how I was created and what I was created for. And that was to love and to be loved. Uh. Um, I had to really stop worrying about or trying to get validation from everyone else and just love me. Excellent point. Yeah. That's right. And there's a you could you could talk about that for a month of Sundays <laughs> probably, right? Right. What we're going to do now, we're going to take a short 30-second break. And when we come okay. back, we're going to talk about what we can do as far as some of the hidden insights that you have regarding not only this subject, also as a mental health advocate, and your book, which I know the listeners are going to want to order. So we will be right back. Right. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com.
you so much, Kim, for what you have shared already. And I know that you are touching many hearts of not just women, but men too, who have been, have an early childhood abuse situation or have not felt loved or have been abandoned or any number of those things, which we all need as, oh my goodness, young children. And so many are not getting it. And yet you can come out the other side and be strong and motivated and a real benefit to society. So my question to you now is, what are some of the insights into reality that lay hidden beneath the surface of our society? I'm at the stage in my life, transparency at its best. I continue to say that because unless I get um, to a point in my life that I'm free to be transparent and to Mm. accept um, what I have been through and continue to go through and expose that with truth, that um, it helps my healing. It continues to help me grow. I really believe that we're getting a little better, um, but um, we got still some road to go with the um, judgmental and for people to um, be shameful and to feel like they need to hide um, and not be open about experiences and life challenges that uh, that happens. You had a very good made a very good point because I think many, including myself, for years hid my past Mm -hmm. because you are in fear of maybe how people will look at you or think less of you because of what you experienced. It had nothing to do with you. Right. Or uh, you don't understand how your story could possibly help someone else when in reality it's the stories that do help others because then they realize that I'm not alone in this. Somebody else went through this and she you know, she's not there and he's not there anymore. Exactly. You know, they have overcome whatever, you know, the problems were in whatever area. Abuse, of course, is a major one. So the message that I'm hearing from you is to not play the victim card, but mm-hmm. to play the victor card. Because even right. though you went through this, you that's not what, well, it did make you into who you are, but it's not where you stayed. And that's a strong message that everybody needs to hear and appreciate that we don't have to be those victims to our own circumstances. Do you want to maybe expound a little bit more on that? Yes. um, Like you said, um, I had to um, be very transparent and to accept my first sexual experiences was in my um, adopted family's home. And it wasn't my, my fault, and I believe they didn't intentionally have for the experience to happen underneath their roof to hurt me. God knows. Uh-huh. I know they wouldn't. But it happened. And with me accepting that it happened and being transparent, it really allowed me to reinvest in myself and uh-huh. heal the the wounds of the first um sexual uh, experience, intimacy and sex is, is created to be beautiful, to turn it around 
for my for my good, for my favor. And I and I just chose and I said, I refuse to live in the bondage of the way my my introduction sexual my sexual introduction was uh was has ha- has happened. And as you said, I'm not going to be a victim to this. I'm go- I'm going to be a victorious. I'm going to I'm going to claim victory over this situation. So I'm going to start loving myself. I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going Good. to I'm Good. going to accept that uh, that that was a broken foundation, but it is created to to be enjoyed. And I'm going to enjoy it. Wow, that was a mouthful. That was wonderful. Absolutely. And I think more people need to hear that than not. You know, that is because this is one thing that one experience that many people, especially women, will hide behind Mm -hmm. and afraid to come out and say, this happened to me, but I am not going to allow it to make me bitter or Mm -hmm. shamed or guilty or anything else. So. Yes, that was so well stated. I thank you. You recently had an experience in your life that you shared with me off record. And I would really appreciate if you could share that with our audience. It's regarding the area of forgiveness. And I believe it impacts a powerful message. So would you... Do you know what I'm talking about? And would you share that, Kim? Yes, I do. Well, yeah. Okay. So I, I don't mind sharing. Hopefully this will help someone. Um, yes. So as I was saying to you before, I had to um, start and I've been building, investing in myself and loving myself and taking that um, same um, encouragement and applying it to my life about not being re- responsible for anyone else's actions or behavior or um, what, how they treat me or what they do, but it's how I act and what I do and how I respond. So it's, that's all I can control and be responsible for. So I just uh, lost my adopted mother who raised me, my paternal aunt, her husband, which is um, my dad, the daddy Bill, the one that named me Kimmy, that's how I got the word uh, epitome of Kimmy. He passed away in 97. So she's the last of the earthly parents that I had on earth. Um, she passed away uh, about two weeks ago and her memorial was last Monday. And um, since her brother uh, slash one of the, one of the siblings that she pretty much raised, um, let me let me and my children know that he was in charge of everything. Um, exit me pretty much out of the funeral. Um, I had no say in the funeral. Um, I had um, no um, nothing in the program for me to do or say. Um, he said that everything was written down. I still hadn't seen what was written down, and that everything was already taken care of. So I just showed showed up at the funeral. Um, once I found out um, through a text message when it was and um, where the memorial service was going to be. My children and I um, seen how we were listed in the program, which they were listed as her nieces and not grandchildren. And I'm just looking, but um, also as I'm looking at the program, my birth mother is on the program as um, the one to read the obituary. 
um, as I'm grieving and getting ready for her service, um, her memorial service, I had, um, since I'm such a writer, I had wrote a tribute to her that I'm going to put, post on my website. And I had already had in mind that one of my children was going to, um, one of my adult children was going to read it for me. Well, it just so happened with none of us being in the program, I ended up having to give it to my birth mother to read that tribute. And uh, this is what I'm saying is how um, I was able to leave that funeral um, in a piece that I was loved by my mother that raised me and I was raised very well to become the woman that I am. <laughs> Sorry. And having the love of all of my children there with their support and being able to be still together and well and um, not in such a chaotic, depressed, anxiety way that I had lived years of, ha of, of feeling and being that moment was like an epitome of me choosing to invest in Kim and to accept and embrace it all and to give it back to someone else that need to hear this. So beautifully stated. And thank you so much for sharing that. That really touched my heart. Thank you, Kim. You're welcome. Now, you are a mental health advocate, you said in your post. So tell, tell us about that. Well, yes, um, I, um, along with prayer, along with my constant um, building, uh, my consistent building relationship with, with God um, and my way, and that's through um, meditation, through prayer, through, I love all types of music, but I also have a music list with, with hymns, with uh, spiritual songs, with inspirational songs and whatnot, but um I also um, have found and I continue to um, utilize that is to um, utilize mental health um, services. I uh, through the process of writing my book and reliving I had a, a therapist um, that I, um, I spoke to about three or four times during the, um, during the time of writing my book. Um, and she didn't even know that I was writing my book. Um, matter of fact, there was an assignment that she wanted me to do that I, I, I chose not to do because I had already had did it and that was to write a letter to my um, birth mom. But at the same time, she didn't know that um, our sessions of me reliving, you know, some of the um, experiences that I went through that I was in the process of writing, writing it down in a book and uh, releasing it as well as, as I was releasing it and vetting to her. I was also releasing it to um, as I was writing it down. And I, I found throughout my life, as I, I uh, look back, I used to, even at a very young age, my first marriage, write in journals. And mm -hmm. uh, I mm -hmm. found that that was, that was a part of my coping tools, as you were saying, right. as releasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, your book, is it written as a memoir, a story, a novel? Um, is it written as a self-help? Tell us about your book. Yes, it is. It is it's written as a memoir. It's, um, the, it's starting with uh, what we just 
talked about earlier in our conversation, my foundation from the very beginning of the life that I remember my truth and up until um, quite recently now. Um, so I wanted to have my first book as a, um, a memoir of, of experiences and, and um, to start from the beginning and to leave where I'm at now to inspire and to uh, provide hope to anyone that has been through something similar or know someone that has been through something similar. That's wonderful. And your book, all the links will be available on the notes from this broadcast. And anything you would like to share in summary as a word of encouragement to our listeners? I would say um, the best gift that I could give to myself, and and it happened uh, down in a later year of my life um, in a season, and I am such a proud uh, mom of four adult children, mm. uh, <laughs> one minor, um, six grandchildren, and I'm just loving the season of my life, but I had to choose to invest in myself. I had to choose. The best gift that I could give myself is just to choose me. For one time in my life to choose me, to love me. And once I did that, I left the rest to God's hands to attract for those around me, family, friends, or whoever that wanted to be a part of my life to see the love that I have for myself. That way they would know how to love me. Well, I love that line. I think it's a bumper <laughs> sticker. It said, when you said, choose to invest in yourself. And that can be in so many different areas. And yeah. that's it in a nutshell. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for what you shared today, for your encouragement to those who could be hurting or who are dealing with past hurts. And also, I definitely recommend that each of our listeners take a look at your book, follow you on your website and your social media links which will all be posted and I want to thank you so much Kim for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you Miss Carol for giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.